about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, praise God. Are you ready this morning? Yes. Good. Take your Bibles this morning. <laughs> And go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've got to remember, number one, that you are a spirit being. Say, I am, I am. A, spirit being. a spirit being. Notice you live in this physical body and you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions. The day you got born again, you really did not get saved. You got what the Bible calls born again. The salvation the Bible talks about after that is the salvation of your soul, basically lining your mind, will, and emotions up with the kingdom ways and the kingdom of God. And how many know that's a process? How many wish it wasn't? It just took place that day as a miracle, praise God. Wouldn't that have been nice? But it doesn't work that way. So as a spirit being, you were changed. Immediately there was a miracle. People looking for a miracle, that is a miracle that you've already had. Have you ever had a miracle? No, God never did a miracle for me. Well, then you need to get born again. Well, I'm born again. Then you don't understand what's going on, praise God. You were born again, and at that time, a miracle took place in your life. Things changed in a hurry, and now what we're doing is renewing our mind to everything that Jesus did. Let me just say this. If you've been in church a long time, and you're constantly checking yourself to see how much you do work-wise in the kingdom of God, you're looking in the wrong direction. If you're going to grow in the kingdom of God, you are focused on what he has already done for you. And out of what he's done for you, you do works in the kingdom out of that, not trying to impress him. Are you following me? How many of you tried to get saved before you got saved because you didn't know how to get saved, so you were just going to be the best little boy in the whole world, and God one day was going to look down and say, oh, my goodness sakes, he's so good, I just got to save him. I mean, that's what we were taught. You just keep doing it and keep doing it right, and you couldn't do it right, and keep going, and one day God's going to notice me. Say, notice me. I mean, no, there's a lot of times I hope he wasn't noticing me. That's the time he was looking at somebody over there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But no, that's not what it was about. It's about what he did for you on the cross and what he provided for you. And when you get in agreement with that, it starts to manifest in your life. The peace comes, the righteousness flows, the anointing comes, all these things, because he provided them for you. Now, the best thing about that, it, it has nothing to do with you. Isn't that good? In other words, you can't pat yourself on the back because you're righteous. You can't pat yourself on the back because you're anointed. You can't pat your... No, because he did it all for you. And all you're doing is receiving what he's already done for you, praise God, because they're all gifts. Hallelujah. All right, I better read a scripture. I'll get in trouble again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of who? God. God. Now, this is talking about your born-again experience, the day you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you haven't done that, you need to do that. That is a biggie, praise God. So notice here it says, If any man or woman to be in Christ, they are a new creature. Say a new creature. Now, this is not talking with your physical body. This is not talking with your soul. This is talking about you who are a spirit being. You became a new creature. You became born again in your spirit. Notice old things have done what? Say passed away. Now, we've had people who've passed away. We have friends who've passed away. We've had dogs who passed away. We've had cats who passed away. Passed away definitely means something died and left. Do you understand? So the old things here have all passed away. And notice all the new things we have, all these new things are of who? 
Now, how many know that that's like black and white? That's like completely different there. So all these old things have passed away, and everything that we are now has become new. Now, your deal is not to take the things that passed away with you as you come into the new creation as a new species of being, because whatever isn't godly doesn't belong with you anymore. Are you following me? It's almost like you go to the airport. You can try to take a gun and a knife through, but how many know they're going to catch you and make you take it out before you go through? Well, I'm not going to go live this new life with an anger problem anymore. I'm going to leave it and let them take it from me and get rid of it. I'm not going to go in with a worry problem. I'm not going to go in with a fear problem because that's not me anymore. Everything in my life is of God. Say, of God. And how many know God's not worried today? He's not fearful today. He's not angry today. He's not freaking out today. So basically, when that transition took place, we need to come to a place where we're living this new life. Say, new life. How many of you know a godly life is better than the old life? And people think that once they get born again, God's going to take things away from them. No, he added to you, and those things he added to you will get rid of your old things. Praise God. He gave you the peace that passes all understanding. How many of you know that? Yes, Lord? Yes? Yes? No? No? You have the peace that passes understanding, and worry should be over here in this kingdom, the one you left. Fear should stay in that kingdom. All these things should stay over there. They are not part of you. They are not part of your nature. They do not belong to you. It doesn't matter whether your parents told you that's who you were. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the news media tells you. It may not even matter what your past pastor told you who you were. It matters what God says you are because he's the one that created you. He's the one that made you, and he's the one that knows who you are. Praise God. Hallelujah. So those old things have passed away. Say, passed away. Say, all things are new, and all the new things are of God. All right, go to Romans chapter 6. All right, Romans chapter 6, are you there? Look at verse 3. It says, know ye not, in other words, you should know this, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in a newness of life. Say newness of life. Now one of the greatest examples and witness you can have is to walk in this newness of life because people who aren't walking in it will definitely know that you're walking in something different than them. When you're walking in peace, you're walking in joy, you're walking in the things of God, the world out there is looking for that, even though they may resist you at first. They're desiring that, even though they may say they're not. They want peace, they want joy, and they want to have a purpose in this life. So notice what it says here. You were baptized into his death. You were buried with him. Say buried with him. Now who was buried with him? The old person who you were was buried with him, right? Baptism, when we do baptism or, or you get baptized, basically it is just a... a it is an outward sign of an inward work. In other words, when you get baptized, we're taking you once you got born again, and we're sticking you below the water, and you and your old man, and you're bringing you back up, and your old man's staying down there. He's still, some of you, he's still swimming around in Wendy's pool. Praise God, doing backstroke, front stroke, whatever, whatever's done, but he's still in there, see? Because when you baptize, he stayed in there. Worry stayed in there. Fear stayed in there. Anger stayed in there. Sin stayed in there. And when you came up, like the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Notice you were not washed in baptism. You were not cleansed in baptism. You were buried 
in baptism, praise God. So when you're baptized, the old man, the old nature was not washed, it was not drowned, it was buried. Here it says you are buried. Say are buried. buried. Now notice tenses in the Bible are very important. You are buried. Say are buried. Not only are you buried yesterday, but you are buried today. Are you, it's present tense. Do you understand? So I've got to understand that my old man is buried when? Today. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to have to figure out that he was buried today. See, it's got to be an ever-present thing in your, mouth to, or to, or in your mind to understand the old man is dead, and the old man is gone, and the old man is buried today, right now. See? So he says, and you need to know this. So buried is a present tense. Look at verse 6. Knowing this. How many know you need to know this? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Amen. Hallelujah. So what's he saying here? The old man is crucified. Now, who's the old man? The old man's the old man who you used to be before the miracle. Notice, what is he? He is crucified. Say, is crucified. He is crucified. Notice, he's not being crucified like everybody thinks it is. You're not dying to him. He is dead. Are you following me? I'm trying to kill the old man. Well, keep trying. You'll try your whole life because you ain't got the power to do it. Matter of fact, Jesus is the only one who could do it, and he already did it. So he killed the old man. So he is crucified in my life. The old man, he not will be. He's not going to be crucified. He is crucified. And if you know this, you will no longer serve or struggle with sin. Well, I don't understand why I'm struggling with sin. Because you don't know the old man's dead. Because you think he's part of you. Because you think that's who you are. Because you think that's what everybody told you you are. That's the way your grandpa was. That's the way your grandma was. That's the way your, everybody is in your whole family. And you're that way too. No, no, no. You got born again. And you're a new creation. And these things do not belong to you anymore. You have God's nature on the inside of you. Now, praise God. Look at this. My goodness. Verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from what? Sin. Well, glory to God. I thought I had to fight my sin and try to get my sin out of my life and try to be a good boy and do my best and do all. No, he that is dead is freed from sin. Not trying to die, not struggling to die, not slowly dying to self, but he is what? Dead. Say dead. So as soon as I get a revelation that our old man is dead, basically I'm going to live unto righteousness or I'm going to live as the new man. And what's a new man? Well, he's righteous, he's holy, he's blessed, he's peaceful, he's calm, he's not fearful, he's not any of these things. And that's the transition that's being made. Look at verse 11. Here's your part of it. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the revelation I had to get in my own life was the old man is dead. He is crucified. He is buried. He is no more part of me. No more has anything to do with me because I am a new creation man. And this new creation, everything that I have now is of God in my life. So what am I going to do? I'm going to reckon myself dead to sin and alive to God. I'm not going to reckon myself dead to some sin. I'm not going to reconcile myself thinking, well, maybe I am, maybe I ain't. See, and this is why if you're in a church that teaches you who you're not, you're in trouble. See, if they teach you, you, well, you're saved, but you're just a sinner saved by grace. Okay, well, how am I going to go from being a sinner to being the righteousness of God in Christ? Well, I'm going to have to do it through my own efforts. Come on. Salvation was how? Salvation wasn't through your efforts. It's not of yourself. It was a gift of God. Praise God. Well, everything you get from God from that time on is the same way. It's from God. It's not of you. It's from God. So when God offered me righteousness, I took it. When he offers me peace, I take it. 
When something challenges my peace, I, I, wreck, I get my mind and I reckon myself dead to that worry. I, ain't gonna, I don't worry, praise God, and I slam that thing with the scriptures. Don't try to come on me because I'm not a worry man, praise God. I cast all my cares upon him because he cares for me. I don't let my heart be troubled, praise God. I don't do that because I'm over here and I'm not going back there. I was there for 30 years and let me tell you, that was tough over there. It's a tough life over there, praise God. So I don't want to go back there. But you can't pray, God, take it from me. You're the one being changed. He's provided it, but you've got to get it, and you've got to operate in it. Are you following me? So you have to deny these things that try to come into your life, this worry that tries to come. How you know fear tries to come. Worry tries to come. Anger tries to come. You're no good. You can't do nothing. and Nobody loves me. And anything that you believe, you're going to be stuck with that, do you see? And then you're going to try to work your way out of something you can't work your way out of. You've just got to believe. It's very simple. You just believe. Pastor, I want to be righteous like you. What do I have to do? Believe. How long did it take you to become righteous? How many years did you study the Bible? How many did you do that? Uh, it didn't take me any years because I just decided to believe. Amen. I want to preach with confidence like you do and none of the anointing like you do. Oh, how do I do that? Believe. Amen. It's simply believe. It's not, well, you know, I got up at 4 o'clock every morning and I prayed and prayed and prayed till 8. Then I prayed some more. And I prayed, and I worshiped, and I prayed, and I worshiped, and I prayed, and I worshiped. And one day, God looked down. No, it's not that way, praise God. It doesn't work that way. These are free things that God provided for you, and they're already provided for you, and I'm simply going to receive them by believing that's what was done for me. So am I a new creation? Are you a new creation this morning? Yeah. You are. Have old things passed away? Yeah. Or have all things become new? Yeah. Hallelujah. So all these things in your life basically are gone now when you got born again. But since we don't know that, we're very susceptible to dragging stuff into our new life. And when we do that, the Holy Ghost, by the Word of God, starts to do surgery. And I'll tell you, the sword he uses is this. If you don't give him the sword, he can't do much. But boy, you give him some sword, he'll use it, bless God. And I'll tell you what, it's double-edged. It'll cut some stuff out of you that you've been very comfortable with over the years. Come on. Amen. It's not worry, it's concern. I'm a very concerned person. No, you're a worrywart, basically. See? We always want to we always want to make it sound like it's good, see? I'm just very concerned, is all. Hallelujah. I'm terrible. And I'm just terrible, and God knows it, and I'm just so rotten and so terrible. I'm, I'm humble. No, you're stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Compared to the word of God, you're, you're stupid. You're just going with your thought life. You're going with, I can't do nothing. I'm so unworthy. I can't do this. I can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And that's not the thing, praise God. Are you following me? What takes place, glory to God, is basically you've become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old has passed away. All has become new. All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. And if you're new here this morning or a new person or newly freshly born or, or born again or whatever, I'll tell you what, you are in a good place this morning because you're not going to have to deal with all the junk that everybody tried to teach you growing up for the last 30 years to get rid of that out of your mind. You haven't had time to get junky. 
Oh, you follow me? Here's born again. You don't know nothing. You know, once I, woo, I'm a new creation. Nobody ever told me I was anything else. So I'm just going to be one if God said that way. I'm going to do this. See? But we've been in a long time, and if you're in religion and all this stuff for a long time, it sinks in, and then it takes a while to pull that stuff out of there and use that sword to cut that stuff out of there. But if you can get to people fresh and new, praise God. That's why when you get somebody born again, don't ignore them. If you, you need to stay with them a little bit. You need to send them tapes. You need to do something. You need to get them started on the right track, praise God. When you have a baby, you just don't say, well, we had it. Praise God. Let's move on to the next one. Glory to God. I got 14 babies saved today. Where are they all? I don't know where they're at, but I got them saved, praise God. They're out there crying someplace. Come on now. There's a growing process. You have a responsibility of some sort. I don't know why we're going there, but we're going to go back. <laughs> Here, Lord, 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 24. Talking about Jesus, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we have been Healed. now notice here it says dead say dead, dead. who his own self bear sins on our own body on a tree that we being dead say being dead. being dead now how many know being dead is present tense again so when am I dead to sin right now when will I be dead to sin when I'm eating lunch when I'm dead to sin when I'm done with lunch when will I be dead to sin when that waitress doesn't do her job when will I be dead to sin when I feel like telling that waitress to do her job but I don't because I extra tip her because I'm very nice and I do the kingdom of God things come on I don't get mad I don't throw food at her I don't see we go there and we, we tip on 2% and tell them they're a terrible waitress and then say you want to come to Jesus they said no thank you I give 4% Come on, I mean, if you should think, and I play this song sometimes in the morning that uh, somebody's watching me. Did you ever hear that song? Or somebody's, even the mailman's watching him and everybody else. Well, well people are watching you if you got the fish bumper sticker on your car, if you wear the metal around your neck, if you wear the T-shirt, you're, all times that you're labeling yourself, you better live up to the label. Because you want to cuss somebody out in a T-shirt that says, I love Jesus, and you need to rip that thing up, burn it, and get a different T-shirt. Come on now. People watch you more than anything else. People keep an eye on you. How are you going to respond in this situation here? What are you going to do when this tragedy happens in your life? What are you going to do over here, see? That's what they're looking for. They're looking for a way to cope with things, to manage circumstances and situations in their life, to have authority over their situations. And we've got authority over those situations if we choose to use it, praise God. So where he says, being dead to sins, you should live unto righteousness. Say righteousness. So if I'm dead to sin... I'll live to righteousness. If I'm dead to sickness, I'll live unto what? Health. If I'm dead to sickness, I'll live unto health. If I'm dead to worry, I'll live unto peace. If I'm dead to fear, I'll live unto faith. If I'm dead to the old you, I'll live unto the new you. Now, here's where your authority comes in. How many of you know you've been given authority? The Bible says you've been born again. You've been raised into heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. And you have authority. And Jesus gave you all authority in heaven and earth. And you've got that authority. And I know we want to we go after the giant devils and we want to go after this and that. But the authority starts with you. That's right. See, I use my authority to keep worry out of my life. I use authority to keep fear out of my life. Something comes and, I, and you can feel it. You don't have to have a banner that says, here comes fear. If you're walking with the Lord, you can feel it, and it's not here. It's right in here. It's like somebody's starting to punch you in the stomach, and you can feel that fear coming. Well, I ain't going to accept fear because I ain't afraid of anything because I trust in the Lord with all my heart, and I lean not on my own understanding. So basically, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to use my authority and resist that. 
Are you following me? I'm going to resist worry in my life. I'm going to resist offense in my life. I'm going to resist unforgiveness in my life. I'm going to resist all these things that try to come from the old place up out of the grave and jump on you in the new one. Are you listening? So that's what my authority for. I have authority over the, oh, God, take worry away from me. Take the fear away from me. He can't do it. You know why? He already did it. See? It's already been done. He's already provided that stuff for you. He provided peace and joy. And he told you, praise God, that God has not given you a spirit of fear. Well, if it didn't come from fear, then it must have came from something else. And if it came from something else that's not part of God, and I'm of God, then I ain't going to mess with that anymore. I'm not going to be afraid of anything anymore. So what am I going to do? I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm not going to accept fear. I'm not going to accept worry. Christians in the church are sick all over the place, and they want to throw a demon out here and do this and do that. Half of them are just so stressed out. Getting quiet in here. Good. I'm glad it is. Because when you're all stressed out all the time and worried, it affects your physical body, man. It... How are you? Good. You got peace today? Yeah, everywhere. I pray you God. I've got the joy. Come on. No, you don't. You, you need to deal with that issue because it affects your physical body, praise God. Your emotions and your feelings are affecting your physical body. How many know when you're joyous, you feel good all over, praise God? You might have came in, your knee hurt and everything else, and all once we start praising, bless God, there you are, hallelujah. If the men aren't around. I'm on a roll this morning, I'm telling you what. I'm on a roll. <laughs> See? Praise God. No, that's not you, but you're the one responsible to deal with that stuff in your own life. Are you see? It, don't blame God. Don't blame anybody else. Oh, that spouse of mine, my God, all the time she just makes me angry. You need to find out why you're getting angry. You see what I mean? It, it's not their fault. It's your fault. You, you're the one that's got to resist the anger, praise God, in your life and the things that try to well up in your life. Because we all want peace and joy, don't we? Don't we all want to be happy and live a great life? Hallelujah. Right. So what am I going to do? I'm going to disassociate myself and not identify with the old me in any way, shape, or form. The alcoholic is dead. Amen. The cusser is dead. Amen. The old man is dead. The worried man is dead. The fearful man is dead. Now, what am I going to do? I'm going to practice that so long that it not only gets in my thought life, but also gets in my mouth. That any time I put me down, I understand that I'm putting myself down, and I can't do that because that's not who I am. And if you continue to do this, you'll start to see yourself different than you see yourself. And this is the key. When you close your eyes right now and see yourself spiritually... Where do you see yourself? Well, I'm just a worried person. I'm just a, a, a weak person. I'm just a failure person. I'm just, whatever you see, see your imagination is a powerful thing, man. I'm telling you what, it's powerful. And whatever you talk on and whatever you meditate on, you will see in here. Not out here. I'm not talking about out here. That's why the Bible says if basically you go to, there's people who go to the mirror every morning and see who they are. Hallelujah, I just prayed. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm anointed. I'm blessed. Then they leave and forget who they are. I just don't know what's the matter with me today. I was all perked up there about 6 a.m. this morning. Now I don't feel very good now at this point. I don't know what's going on. The car wouldn't start. And my wallet was empty, and I don't have no money. And See? So you go to the mirror, and the mirror is the word of God. That's where you're seeing yourself. And you leave that mirror, and you forget what manner of man you were. So it tells you what you need to do. Continue in the word. Amen. And by continued, I don't mean Sunday. And then come back again Sunday. That's not continuing in the Word because you're going to have five resurrection of the old man days. 
See, lack of word causes a resurrection of the old man. When you start to forget who you are, what God has said, you don't remind yourself of what's going on, pretty soon you'll find yourself over here. And I want you to stop and say, how in the heck did I get back over here in the anger, worry, upset, offense place? I don't know what I'm doing over here. I don't belong over here. And you will, you'll feel it. You won't feel very good. You know, you feel like a loser. You feel like something's a matter. You feel like something's wrong. Well, just go back to the beginning, where it is. Find out in your life that what needs to be resisted because it's not part of you. Say, it's not part of you. So that's why I'm disassociating these things. And I want to associate and identify with an anointed man, a happy man, a holy man, a righteous man, a victorious man. And as I do that, there becomes a big split to a point to where you're now walking in the things that you need to walk in and I'm rejecting the things the sick man I had to reject the sick man why because I was sick all my life before I got born again I had something in my throat they said it was bad blah 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 had to get surgery la 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 get sick every other month till I got surgery get your what are they called they take those things out and tonsils I had to have my tonsils out well I didn't, didn't want anything done so I didn't do it and then I got born again and instead of talking about that all the time See, you may get sympathy from other people, but it's certainly not helping you. Well, I've been sick my whole life, and there's times my throat gets so sore, and I can't even swallow. And I'll tell you what, I've got no voice, and it takes it all away, and it's just terrible. But I'm born again, but I'll tell you what, I've had that my whole life, and I just can't seem to get rid of it. And the doctors told me I'll never get rid of it unless I go down there with a knife, and they cut out my patty. And the next person comes up and says, how are you feeling? Well, let me tell you. See, and the more you talk like that, See, this controls a lot. We're not going there this morning, but I just want to make a light mention here. That the Bible says this controls your whole body. You got the rudder of a ship. This ship's great big, but this little rudder will take it to the right, take it to the left. You got this whole body, but you got a little rudder right here. Come on, bit in a horse's mouth, take it right or left. This is it, praise God. You can't put yourself down. You can't talk sickness and disease. You can't talk worries all the time. You can't talk all this stuff and walk in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ because what you talk, you're going to see, and what you see, you're going to talk, and pretty soon you're going to walk in what you see and what you talk. So I'm not going to talk like that. I wasn't a sick man anymore. I didn't bring it up. I never talked. How are you doing? Healed. How do you feel? Doesn't matter. I'm healed. How do you look? Doesn't matter. I'm healed. See, I want to stay on that word of God because it's that word of God that's building a vision on the inside of me to see myself like I really am so I can walk in that way. Praise God. Are you following me? Yeah. All right, go to Galatians chapter 5. All right, Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like. Notice this isn't even a full list, for God's sakes. And such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Say inherit. inherit. So notice, they're giving you a list of things. He's giving you a list of things, basically, that are works of the flesh. 
In other words, they're the works of the old man. They're not the works of someone who's born again. And if you get born again and you continually live in the works of the flesh, you will not be able to inherit what the kingdom of God has given you. If you walk around and claim that I am a sinner, how many know you're not going to inherit righteousness that belongs to you in the kingdom of God? It's not going to work that way. So you've got all these things he's listed here. Notice th- these, these are not... Mm, I want to be careful here. These are not necessarily demons jumping on you. Are you following me? These are you, you problem. This is a you problem. Now, they can become demon problems if you pet them long enough. See? You pet them long enough, demon will get in there, and then you will have troubles, and that's why you need deliverance at that time. But no, these are just the natural works of the flesh man who you were. wasn't your fault. This is the way you were born. You were born. Envy for you was no problem. Nobody had, had, had a fight. Oh, I wish I could envy. I wish I could walk in unforgiveness. No, it was easy, wasn't it? He just got mad at somebody. So you flipped him off, moved on to the next person. Praise God. Didn't think a thing about it. Didn't care. Because that's who you were back then, do you see? But now it's been transferred over here, and you, you don't, you're not that person anymore. So you want to re- resist those things once again. Well, who am I? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit of your nature is love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no, there is no law. So this is, he's making a thing. These are the works of the old person you were. These are the works of the new person that you are. So I'm going to claim these things. What are you? I am love. I'm a lover. What do you do? I love people. You love everybody? I love everybody. You love people who don't like you? Oh, I love them so much. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm the most patient man in the world. You are, yeah. I'm the most patient man in the world. Why? Because I got God's patience. I can exercise it on the inside. I'm not going to flow in patience if I say, I just can't wait a minute. I'll tell you what, everything makes me so mad so quick. I'm just so impatient. I can't. How many know you can't even put the anointing to work on the inside of you outside of agreement? How can two walk together unless they be? So if I'm going to have the Holy Ghost involved in my life and the power of God to walk into stuff, I have to be in agreement with God to allow the anointing to work in my life and give me the ability to be the most patient man in the world, the most loving man in the world. See? So I'm in agreement with these things, and I'm doing these things. But notice here, it's contrasting the two different ones. Say the two different ones. And it shows you who you are now and who you were, the old man and the new man. Look at verse 24. And they that are Christ, are you? Are you Christ? Have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Say, have crucified. So I know my old man's dead. My old man, I I recognize him. I I remember what he was like. I remember what he did. I'm not going to allow any of those things back in my life right now. I'm not going to allow negativity. I'm not going to allow unbelief. I'm not going to allow these things in my life because that's not who I am now. I'm someone completely different than that at this time. Now go back to verse 16. This I say then... Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill what? All right, now here's what I was taught, my life. This I say, get rid of the flesh, and you will walk in the Spirit. See, just do a little bit better, try a little harder, go to church, do this, do your best, and, and baby, if you get rid of all that flesh stuff, then you'll be walking in the Spirit. But that's not what it says here. It says if you just decide to walk in the you'll get rid of the backwards, isn't it? One, one involves you doing it, and one involves him already having it done. 
I have the ability and authority to walk in the Spirit. Why? I make that choice. I have a right to choose, which is authority. I choose to walk in the Spirit. I choose to stay in the Spirit. And if I do that, guess what? I don't have to worry about the flesh because there ain't no flesh over in the Spirit any place, praise God. And it, you should be able to figure it out because here it says the flesh and the Spirit are opposites. There's no middle ground there. You're either walking in one or you're walking in the other of the two. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This scripture shocked me the first time I read it after I got saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at verse 9. Know ye not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I thought, dear God, I'm born again. I'm still going to hell. I'm still doing half these things. I just got born again. But notice what it says in verse 11. And such were some of you. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. And such were some of you. That's who you were, praise God. It's not who you are now. Who are you? Well, I'm the one who's washed. I'm the one who's sanctified. I'm the one who's justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God. So notice the separation there again. And I'll tell you what, most people preach and stop in the first two scriptures. They don't do the last. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And they preach on it for 28 minutes, 30 minutes. But if you read the rest of it, it goes on to say that Jesus has justified you by his blood and made you righteous. But they want to stop on the negative. See, so I'll take a scripture here. Some of you out there are fornicators. You're all a bunch of fornicators. You're all a bunch of liars. You're all a bunch of, well, no, it says some, you were that. You're not that. So I don't want to put the old man back on you. You got enough trouble with him without me helping you. The devil will do that part, whispering in your ear all the time. I want to put the new person on you, the new man that you are, praise God, so you can operate in the things of God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Romans 13. Getting anything out of this? Yes. All right, Romans chapter 13, look at verse 12. It says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, nor in chambering, wantonness, nor in strife or envy. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So who are we putting on? We're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice what it says here in verse 12. Now the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off. Say cast off. Yes. Say it again. Cast off. Yes. So my job is to cast off the works of darkness. Now this proved to me that the works of darkness are not part of me. If they were, I could not cast them off. Are you following me? For me right now, just cast your arm off. Go ahead, cast it off. You can't do it, can you? Why is that? Because it's part of you. And if the works of darkness were part of me, I wouldn't be able to cast them off. 
I'd have to put up with them, fight them, do my best to get over them, to overcome them, to do things. But notice here he says, you can cast them away from you. So I'm going to cast anger away from me. I'm going to cast lying away from me. I'm going to cast worry away from me. I cast all these things away from me, far away from me, praise God. And sometimes in the morning we pray and cast them away, and then by noon we're out there fishing trying to get them back, praise God. (laughs) Come on. But we don't do that, praise God. We cast them away. We keep them away. We stand against them. We walk it. We are dead, praise God. Our old man is dead. Say, my old man is dead and gone. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, go to Colossians. I thought I said, go to Colossians. Apparently nobody wanted to go there. We'll go someplace else. (laughs) See, we just go wherever you guys want to go. It doesn't make any difference to me. Go to Colossians. That's fine. Don't like Corinthians. We'll try this guy. All right, Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 8. But now ye, how many know ye is you? But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put on the new man with his deeds. Now notice how we put these off because we're seeing something different than we saw before. We're seeing who we really are now rather than seeing who we used to be and living like that. So how do I put them off? I do it by confession. I do that by believing. I do that by resisting. I do about all this stuff until I see myself different than I saw myself before in my imagination. I'm not talking about going to the natural mirror. I'm talking about on the inside of you. When you close your eyes, and I mean, in this church each week, you should be able to close your eyes and see yourself more victorious than you did a week earlier. See yourself more powerful than you did a week. Saw yourself more victorious. All these things, you should be seeing yourself more. And as you see that stuff, it puts off all these other things, basically. All right, praise God. Remember, he's buried, he's dead. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. It says, for you are dying to yourself. No, you are what? Dead. Dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So here it's telling you once again, you're dead and you're being hid with Christ. Say hid with Christ. That means every day that you continue to change and and transform your mind every day basically you become more one with him and there's going to come a place where you're going to be hid with Christ in other words you're going to be loving like Christ you're going to be peaceful and calm like Christ you're going to have the wisdom of Christ to where they can't tell if it's you or it's Christ Amen. I mean that's going to be a wonderful place to be come on Jesus said if you've seen me seen the father why I'm hidden the father he, whatever I'm doing, he does. Whatever I say, I say. Whatever I do, I do. Praise God. And that's what the church is supposed to be. At. It is the body of who? Right. So if the head is one with him, then there's a good chance the body Amen. is one with him. 
Are you following? Well, I'm unholy. Well, you've got a holy head and you're unholy. Good luck, praise God. I don't know what kind of being you are, praise God, but there is no such thing, see? Well, the head is righteous, Jesus, but I'm not righteous. Well, then he's got an unrighteous body and a righteous head, for God's sakes. It's not that way. We are one with him. Say, we are one, we are one. With, him. with him. Praise God. All right. Let's see where we want to go next. Notice you are dead. Say, I am dead. So who's dead? Once again, for me, the cusser is dead. The alcoholic's dead. The warrior's dead. The insecure man's dead. The rejected man's dead. The offended man's dead. All these things are dead in my life. He's not that way anymore. I'm not that person. Now, if somebody tries to offend you and it hits you, how many of you know the old man tries to dig his way out? Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to come up and get his head up there. Why is that? Because it hits something there. So what am I going to do? I'm going to have to hit that immediately, ain't I? I'm not going to pray about it and meditate it for two weeks. Because you'll hear some things from God that weren't God. See? Well, I think I heard from God. If I just kill them, they won't offend me anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. No, that's not it, praise God. That's not the one. So what am I going to do? I'm going to resist these things. I'm one with him. All right, go to Galatians chapter 2. See, we made up for no scriptures last week. You went through it. You got all the dust off your Bibles again. You'll be able to be all right. Here's a guy who had a revelation of the new man, basically, because he taught it most in the Bible and everything else, and he definitely had a revelation. His name was Paul. Galatians chapter 2, look at verse 20. Paul says, I am, present tense, crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. Now, who's dead? Who was crucified with Christ? And now who's living now? New man. man. But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. How many know that's a powerful confession? How many know you could get thrown out of a lot of churches talking that in front of everybody? No. He said, I am crucified with Christ. My old man's crucified. But yet I live. But it's not me who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Faith of the Son of God. Now, how many of you know you all have faith? How many know your faith is different than the faith of the Son of God? So what's this doing? This is taking you out of your faith arena into having the faith of God himself. As a matter of fact, the Bible in Mark 11 says, have the faith of God. And everybody discards that because I can't have the faith of God. Oh, yes, you can. If your identity lines up with Jesus and with God, you can have the faith of God. If you have the nature of God, you can operate in the faith of God. If you don't, you can't because it comes out of that nature that's on the inside of you. How many know Paul believed this stuff? Let me prove it to you. Go back to 2 Corinthians. We couldn't get there once. We'll try it again. Second Corinthians chapter 7. It's really funny because when I first got saved and I read the Bible and I saw things in there that didn't line up with what I thought, I would question God. Did you ever do that? Like, uh, right there, God, right there. You, it's wrong. It's wrong. And then after a little while, like a couple of weeks or something, all at once you find out that I was wrong. But it wasn't me. Here's one that I had when I was younger. Second Corinthians chapter 7. Look at verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting the holiness of God in fear. Paul says, receive us. We have wronged no man, we have corrupted or injured no man, 
we have defrauded no man. I said, you liar. You liar. You took people, you took Christians, and you put them in jail. You stood there when they stoned Stephen, and you were there cheering the whole thing on. How can you possibly say in this book that you were, I wronged nobody, I didn't injure nobody, I didn't do nothing wrong, when I know darn well it's right here in the book, God, I'm telling you right now, it's right there in the book. And God said, well, that was the old man. I said, oh, well, maybe it wasn't him then, praise God, hallelujah. No, Paul believed it so much that he didn't go back saying, I'm a Christian killer. I was there when Stephen died. I'm just never going to be used by God. No, he already had a revelation of who he was, the new creation in Christ Jesus. And he said, I've never wronged anybody, not me, not the new me. I've never injured nobody. That was the old Saul. I'm now Paul, and I'm completely, I mean, how do you know it's important to live guilt-free? See, and that old man will keep dragging you back into guilt and condemnation because he'll take, make, try to convince you that's who you are now. And that's not who you are now. You're not that anymore, praise God. All right, one more. Titus chapter 2. All right, this is good here. Titus chapter 2, look at verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to who? Notice all men. There, there's enough stuff in creation and everything else that all men can understand that there must be a God and they must be saved. Notice what it says. For the grace of God or the gifts of God or the free gifts of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. What does grace do? It teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly. We should live righteously. And we should live godly in this present world. So he's saying, as, as you understand this grace, this unmerited favor that God has done for you, all the things he's done for you, praise God. And let me just say this, grace is not there so you can sin all week and God overlooks it because of grace. Grace gives you the ability not to sin anymore, so God doesn't have to overlook it. That's what grace does for you. It gives you the ability not to do the stupid things you used to do, not to cover them, but to give you the ability to, to walk in, in, in victory, praise God. So hallelujah, grace is the ability to endure things, to endure, live sickness free, to live sin free, to live all these things. The Bible says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you. Notice, past tense, has made you, has made you, set me free, Lord, has made you. I just want to be free, Lord, has made you. When are you going to free me, Lord, has made you. See, he has made you free. So I'm going to stay in that freedom. I'm going to stay in that peace. I'm going to stay in that joy. Here it says, grace will teach you that the old man basically is dead, that you have victory over sin, and basically the new man is alive at this point. So the more grace I find out from it, my God, because of his blood, I've been made righteous. How many know that's grace? What does that teach me? It teaches me to stop calling myself a sinner and deny the blood. So all this grace that you're coming in and understanding that he provided for you is going to teach you things. Now notice what it says. Look at verse 12 teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly when we die and go to heaven. When Jesus comes back on a white horse. When the second coming happens. No, where at? In this present world. 
right now, praise God. So this ability for us is right now. You have this ability today. Maybe you never knew you had this ability before. Maybe you didn't know you had the authority. But you don't have to live in the things that are, that are, that are agitating you and messing you up and getting you all frustrated before. You can deny ungodliness. Say deny ungodliness. Deny. Now that doesn't mean say there's no ungodliness. Right. It means deny its right to be in your life because you're a new creation. People want to deny sickness. Well, if you're sick, you got sickness. Do you understand? We don't deny the sickness. We deny it's right to be in my body because it's definitely out there because I'm born again and I'm a child of the living God and I've got authority over this thing. People say, there's no sickness. No, no I'm not sick. I'm no sick. Well, yeah, you are if you've got symptoms in your body, but you can deny that. You can push that out of your body. You can get it out of there by denying it's right to be in you because you're a new creation now. You've stepped out and you're going to the old. Now, how many of the old man tries to come up? He tries to come up, and the more you stay out of the Word of God, he'll more, the more he'll come up. And songs won't do it unless they're victory songs. Amen. See, that's why I like the new one we got. We are redeemed. We are forgiven. We are victorious. We are, we are. And I want everybody to know you are, because I need to be reminded every single day, praise God. How many of you know that? You've got to be reminded who you are. So every day we go to the mirror. There it is. We open up. We find out who we are. Then we continue in that each day, because once you walk away, how many know it's easy to forget who you are at times? Get out of the Word of God, man. You'd be acting just the way you did, glory to God, before. So what are we doing? We're changing. We're building that vision on the inside of us. We're seeing things differently. We're seeing ourselves victoriously. Say victoriously. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He said so. I have peace that passes understanding. He said so. I'm free from any fear. He said so. I am anointed full of power because he said so everything he said that was so I say it's so so it will be so in my life alright give a Lord hand clap this morning